Nelson, who has, he wears various hats. He pioneered the Davao Church in the Philippines many years ago, and uh, there are now something like 180 churches out of that church. And so he's the missionary, he's a pastor of the church in Tempe, Arizona. He was in Houston many years ago for a couple of years, and uh, then ended up back in Tempe. And uh, he's a conference speaker, international evangelist, pastor. You know, I could lay every label on him, but it wouldn't do any good for you until you hear him preach. Amen. And so it is a great dignity that, uh, that I have, amen, to be able to have him come and preach to us. It's a great privilege for us to have him here. So why don't we just give Pastor Mark Olson a great welcome. Amen. You're a very, you're a very kind man. Am I on? Okay, <laughs> guy lays it on pretty thick. You guys look great. Do you know all the beautiful and handsome people are going to heaven? Come on, come on. Like you folks, amen. And if you're not feeling very handsome or very beautiful, the Bible says he makes all things beautiful in its time. <laughs> Yep, if you got it, flaunt it. I'm celebrating my birthday today. Hey. 40 years old. I know I don't look a day over 21. Just imagine. 40 years ago today, I came into a music scene in Prescott, Arizona, and gave my heart to Christ. Since that time, the road's been a long, winding road. There have been a lot of trials. I look at the Apostle Paul, and he says, hey, he says, lay off me. He says, I bear in my body uh, the marks of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, he's, he's had a scrap or two. I can tell you that I got probably about 350 to 400,000 miles on this engine. It's still going strong. Got to keep, got to have your oil change. Amen. Meet, meet those times of maintenance with the Lord. But I want to tell you, if I had it to do all over again, I would do it all over again. And uh, I'm just really excited uh, to be with you this week in San Antonio. I want to ask you to turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 35. And I'm going to uh, minister a message that I uh, really do pray God would use to break uh, some things off of people's lives that have been a long-standing curse. And there are uh, powerful spiritual truths that absolutely, as Jesus put it, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. And so my prayer is that we gather these next few uh, days and this next couple of nights and that God indeed would rendezvous with us I distinctly, as I, as I take the time to uh, reminisce about my birthday, I distinctly remember coming to Christ on his terms. I tried, you know, like probably most of us, I've tried to bribe him and make special deals. And God, if you get me through this or you, you know, give me this, I'll do such and thus. But I found out it's not going to work until you absolutely come to Jesus and make him Lord, put him in the driver's seat, 
make him Lord, come to him on his terms, and then, bam, the power of God can meet you with lightning speed. It doesn't matter what you've done, uh, what you're into today. I declare to you on the authority of the word of God that if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And there are some uh, issues that we have to uh, discover. Uh, another scripture that uh, really is, uh, is a powerful scripture in my mind is Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 where God said, My people, not, not the heathen out someplace way out there, my people are destroyed for their lack of knowledge. The enemy hates knowledge. This is why he hates truth. This is why he loves to muddy the waters. He, you know, we have this plague, this epidemic of ADHD and, you know, and DDTs and uh, on and on and all these. They they get so many new diseases and new uh, conditions and syndromes and this, that, and the other that they put all these initials out there. So let's call it alphabet syndrome. Amen. And it's a strategy of hell to fracture you, to divide you, to get you looking at your cell phone for 50 jillion texts. The average teenager texts 3,000 texts per month. Dude, you're not going to be able to master calculus if you're a text maniac. Amen. And so the point of the matter is, is of course, the enemy's strategy is to always be knocking us off, distract us. Uh, if you get 3,000, if you send 3,000 texts, you get 3,000 texts. Uh, no wonder your mind is like, is, is, is like uh, scrambled eggs. Okay, I, I'm winning friends and influencing people. I can't help it. I'm a pastor for about 38 years. And so, uh, so anyway, I'll just throw in a few things. I, by the way, I always hide Easter eggs in my, all of my sermons. And if you find the Easter eggs, you get the prize. So, Genesis chapter 35. How many of you ever heard of the old uh, singer, country western singer, gospel singer, Johnny Cash? I'm going to give you, he wrote a song about, um, about this father that cursed his son by giving him a girly name, and it goes like this. My daddy left home when I was three, and he didn't leave much to mon me, just this old guitar and an empty bottle of booze. Now, I don't blame him because he run and hid, but the meanest thing that he ever did was before he left, he went and named me Sue. Well, he must have thought that it's quite a joke, and it got a lot of laughs from a lot of folks. It seems I had to fight my whole life through. Some gal would giggle, and I'd get red. Some guy'd laugh, and I'd bust his head. I tell you, life ain't easy for a boy named Sue. Well, I grew up quick, and I grew up mean. My fist got hard. My wits got keen. I'd roam from town to town to hide my shame. But I made a vow to the moon and stars that I'd search the honky-tonks and bars and kill that man that gave me that awful name. So the rest of the song goes on, and it just describes the saga of him uh, in that search. Um, and he is, um, he is uh, determined to make his no-good uh, daddy uh, uh, pay. And it, it just literally it chronicles um, the sorrows uh, and, uh, and the search. You know, I was thinking about that and used that as a launching pad for my sermon. How powerful it is, names descriptions, words that people put upon us, labels or jackets, as it were, that people try to put upon us. And you can say the old little rhyme, sticks and stones can break my bones, but names can never hurt me. You're lying. 
And I want to tell you, names can really hurt you. And so I want to look this, uh, this, eve- uh, this morning sorry, uh, at what's in a name, Genesis chapter 35 and verse 9, if you follow with me. Now, God appeared to Jacob again when he came from Paden Aram and blessed him. And God said to him, your name is Jacob. Your name shall not be called Jacob anymore, but Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel. Also, God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall proceed from you, and kings shall come from your body. The land which I gave Abraham and Isaac I give to you, and to your descendants after you I give this land. Then God went up from him in the place where he talked with him. So Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he talked with him, a pillar of stone. And he poured a drink offering on it, and he poured oil on it. And Jacob called the name of the place where God spoke to him Bethel. And they journeyed from Bethel. And when there was but a little distance to go to Ephrath, Rachel labored in childbirth, and she had hard labor. Now it came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said to her, Do not fear, you will have this son also. So it was as her soul was departing, for she died, that she called his name Benoni. But his father called him Benjamin. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, um, that is Bethlehem. And Jacob set a pillar on her grave, which is the pillar of Rachel's grave, um, to this day. What's in a name? I want to look first off briefly um, at the history um, of naming things. Fundamental to man's makeup. God that created us fresh. uh, He took up the clay of the earth. uh, He molded us. He breathed into us the breath of life. uh, And then he spoke some words to this this fresh creation. uh, And he declared to a man um, that it's going to be his prerogative uh, to name all of the other animals uh, in creation. This is so important that you get this foundation. Genesis 2, verse 19. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the, all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what the man would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all. So we want to delve into this a little bit. We want to linger over this uh, and uh, and see if we can't uh, uh, see a very important truth right from the opening bell of man's creation. Um, The Bible says that God assigned man the task uh, to name. And that word, whatever he called uh, every living, living creature, it literally means to commission, to appoint. And so it carries the idea that man was intended by God to have dominion. So what's the first thing that the uh, creator assigns to his, um, uh, his creature man that is in, in, in made in the image of God and is supposed to now rise up and to have dominion? Do you realize to this morning, praise God, God didn't make us to be uh, beneath. God didn't make us to be the tail. He made us to be the head. 
And so I know we've fallen, and I know we've had a lot of ups and downs in the, in the timeline of history, but I want to tell you, God's original intent hasn't changed uh, one iota. He created you not to be oppressed uh, and put under uh, and always uh, depressed and always running on E and always having to, uh, you know, to struggle from paycheck to paycheck and, and, and being uh, uh, pummeled by life like you're some kind of a, a pinball machine. That was never God. God's intention. God's intention was uh, you indeed would have the dignity uh, of having the upper hand. So that's crucial to our understanding. That's crucial in the in, in the Creator's uh, original instructions. Uh, so how is God going to begin to train man? to take his place, to exercise uh, what God intends to have dominion. Amazing. First assignment, you're going to name every other creature that walks on the face of the earth. Uh, and so let's connect the dots. What God has joined together, let not man put asunder. This is so crucial. Because you're not only putting a label or identifying, hey Pete, hey Fred, hey Betty, you're not just identifying something, but in God's intention, you're going to have the ability to influence the future by naming. Amen. And so, notice this. God did not call man to come before the animals. Uh, he didn't say, go and, and uh, you pass by the giraffe and see what the giraffe names you. But the Bible says God brought, brought all the animals past the man and he waited to see what the man would name. Now watch this because it's, it's so fascinating to me. So let's, here comes this long-legged creature with this, uh, you know, and uh, man looks at this uh, and Adam names this, uh, that's a giraffe. You don't see God jumping out and saying, no, 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 that, that's a Siberian tiger. And the scripture expressly says, whatever the man named it, that was what it was. God didn't interfere. God didn't say, hey, I wish you would change that or I wish you would... Uh, re no, there was a power that is, um, uh, that is uh, conveyed to man that's crucial. Matthew Henry brings this helpful comment. Uh, he says uh, it's the act of authority to give names. And he cites an example in Daniel chapter 1 and in verse 7, unto whom the prince... What had happened is Israel had gone into captivity uh, into Babylon. So as they pass through the turnstiles, you could say, of being slaves, from being God's children, from being free men, now they are under the bondage of slavery. And it's so fascinating that their captors uh, redefine them uh, with heathen names. Watch this. And so Daniel 1, 7, Unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and Hananiah, Shadrach, Mishael, Meshach, Azariah, Abednego. And so what you're going to notice in all that is every one of these names uh, changed them from having a name that was based on God and Jehovah of Israel to heathen deities, uh, foul, polluted, uh, unclean uh, gods. Uh, and I want to tell you something this morning, if you don't get anything else out of this, uh, the devil's desire is to redefine you. 
And he's going to put a jacket on every one of you. He's going to try to uh, uh, put some snide, uh, you know, unrighteous, uh, wicked kind of a thing uh, upon. Uh, and if I could just throw out this, uh, this is why. Uh, excuse the, you know, rather crude uh, illustration. How many of you have ever seen a, a dog uh, go and wet a fire hydrant? Yeah. They don't have dogs around here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you. Or a skunk, amen, goes and sprays something. And uh, back where I'm from outside of Boston, uh, you, have, you have skunks out there. And the point of the matter is, uh, is that in the animal kingdom, they understand about marking things long after they're gone they'll leave a little uh, uh, a little um, mark or a little um, a scent if you will um, and then they'll go waddling off uh, but yet that thing lingers uh, and the effect of that thing remains uh, far far after uh, uh, long after that thing has gone away you see this is why uh, really uh, what we have in a lot of gang tattoos and piercings uh, it's not just cosmetic little uh, uh, little uh, thing of, uh, of, uh, of uh, you know, uh, fashion, uh, but there's, there's a powerful and a profound spiritual marking that takes place uh, on people's lives, if you really want to know the truth. You know, we're plainly told that whatever Adam named, uh, that was its name. And the reason why this is so crucial is because words uh, carry spirits. And a word is not just simply sound that bounces and reverberates and then just where does it go off into the uh, ether but a word has a spirit it's kind of like a boxcar on a railroad track and inside that uh, inside that boxcar it's carrying something that's alive Jesus put it this way in John chapter 6 verse uh, 63 uh, he said the words I speak to you uh, they are spirit and they are life and so they carry uh, an impact uh, that's long uh, be, uh, that, that lasts long beyond. Uh, and you know what Proverbs puts this uh, in such a nugget? It puts it in Proverbs 18:21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So I'm leading someplace. What it's talking about uh, is that, you know what, both uh, incredible uh, uh, impacts, both incredible influences, life and death are in the power of the tongue but it's interesting they that love it uh, shall eat the fruit thereof what does that mean that means the way you love to talk you're going to eat your own soup you're, you're speaking the ingredients you're putting things into your own bowl and you're going to eat it life or death you're the one. And remember, remember, what's crucial here is God says, I'm not going to interfere with this other than give you some, maybe some pointers, some warnings, some promises. And you know what? Um, is that uh, you choose, you love to choose to talk negative, gossip, lies, uncleanness, uh, you know, um, uh, different uh, uh, bitterness. Uh, what? There's, a, there's a number of flavors out there on the, in, the, in the supermarket of life. You can, you can get all kinds of ingredients out there. Uh, and the way you love to speak, um, it's absolutely guaranteed a law of life. Uh, uh, it is going to influence um, uh, your, uh, your future. It's going to influence what comes down uh, uh, in your future. Now grasp this. In, first, uh, in Isaiah chapter 57, verse 19 God said I create the fruit of the lips 
Peace, peace to him that's far off and to him that's near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. But the wicked are like the troubled sea. Wicked means warped. It means like a, put a board, a two-by-four out in the rain. It gets wet, and then it dries, and then it warps. And so the wicked, the warped, are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters are casting up mire and dirt. There is no peace, says my God, to the wicked. Now remember, that has to do with speech. I have a sister in my church, and she wrote a testimony. I'm not going to read it all. Her name's Miss Stella. After her second child, she went blind. She began to see purple spots, uh, and then her vision just tunneled in, uh, and she could not see, uh, and she freaked out. And so she called. I went over, prayed for her, and uh, she said that she felt, felt a little bit better. But uh, I spoke to her, and I said, Miss Stella, I want to tell you something. I believe this is linked um, to relationships uh, in your life. And so she thought about this, and so then uh, she went to church. It happened that uh, Pastor Tom Payne was preaching. Uh, he spoke some words about, um, uh, about um, uh, the connection in the, in the spiritual realm of our words, and so now she felt, felt confirmed. Uh, and she went out in the parking lot, and my assistant said to her, Hey, how are you? Put his hand out to shake her hand, and she could not see, and so she freaked out. So she went back home. She began to think about this. Uh, and she said, Pastor, it came to my mind that there was three, okay, maybe four people that I wasn't right with. Are we going to have a good time this week? Can, can we, like, really get some ch chop the wood and get it done? Or are we going to just, like, be all, oh, isn't this nice? Everything's... We're just such wonderful people here. You're okay. I'm okay. The devil's okay. Are we going to do it? Okay. So you know what? You know what? You know, if I was praying for people on a healing line, I guarantee you. Okay. You, you bitter at anybody? Nope. You hate your husband. You hate your... I'm just, teasing, I'm just trying to tease you too. But you know what? You, you're mad. Some people are mad. And, oh, are you? Oh, I'm in the spotlight, and I want to tell. You know what? I'm really ticked off. That sister across the, uh, the, the uh, thing, she made some comment about my baby in nursery, and she didn't change my baby's poopy diaper. And, and you know what? I'm never going to forget her. Thank you. I'll give the mic. Yeah, that happens. According to him, according to him, he said so. That happens. <laughs> What about that guy that borrowed your uh, uh, Black & Decker uh, reverse, uh, uh, you know, drill? Came back. It's got new shapes and new gouges, and it only works in reverse. Never said nothing. Things happen, don't they? Hey, by the way, I'm one of nine kids. Believe me, I'm going to tell you something. I know I got four brothers and four sisters. Okay. And so, you know what, uh, uh, is that uh, Miss Stella thought about it, uh, and, uh, and so she's freaking out. You know what, sometimes when our cage gets good and rattled, and you know what, we're about to go into eternity, uh, or we're about uh, uh, to have something that's a life-changing situation. Oh, now I remember, I was really disobeying God. Because God says, you're not supposed to hate. You're supposed to forgive as I forgave. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a nice religious talk. Well, Mistella's going blind. And so she got and she, uh, she, she uh, contacted three of these people, and she got 
uh, progressively better. But she said, I still couldn't see it all. And she said, but you know, and, I, and then I got convicted uh, that God's word means exactly what it says. I'm supposed to really forgive everybody. And so what's fascinating is she finally, for, and you know, the point is in her little letter, she puts this, she says, she says, but I went to the optometrist and ophthalmologist because, you know, maybe it's my glasses. Isn't it funny how we are? Well, maybe there's a natural reason for this. I know we try to, we try to you know, before we're going to like do the simple thing like obey God. We try everything, you know, under tarnation to, to figure out if we can't squirm away. She said, why? Because uh, it's humbling that I had to humble myself to these sisters. Uh, and so then she only forgave three, but she didn't get completely healed. So then she's feeling really convicted. Uh, and so she, she said, you know what, Pastor? The reason why I didn't forgive the fourth person uh, was because uh, it was their fault. Now, this one throws another one, and I'm just taking the occasion to make... This is a real story, huh? I could, I could introduce you to the sister that's got perfect vision. When she forgave the fourth person, got up the next day, uh, and bam, well, uh, everything's bright. She could see the keys that she was typing, uh, and she was completely healed. And she said, you know what's amazing? Uh, it's amazing how, uh, how God has to humble our pride. Uh, and she said, thank you uh, for confronting me. Uh, thank you for not giving me a pass. Thank you for getting up in my grill uh, and dealing with me about the attitudes of my heart because otherwise she would have been blind. So, you want blindness or you want healing? But it's not all the pastors uh, or the evangelists comes, you know, brushing and abracadabra. Everybody's got, uh, you know, instantaneous little thing. No, you know what? Sometimes Aiken's got something buried in the tent. Woo, feeling good up here, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> my birthday I get to do what I want to do <laughs> listen 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 it's incredible what God has given to you and if you really really get down with this uh, it's a fantastic uh, fantastic gift to direct spiritual forces you know when Jesus said Matthew sixteen nineteen, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on the earth shall be loosed in heaven. You know what? Just like God waited to see the animals, what Adam would name the animals, and then whatever he named them, God said, so be it. You know what? If you don't, you know, so let's say, Adam, if you don't like that, that name, that silly name giraffe, that's too bad. You named him. You, know, you got to live with that. Do you know what? Many times there are names that people put on us that uh, they, had their, they were our parents, they were our teachers, they were the cops, they were, they were some relative. And so this becomes something that follows us like our shadow. And I want to make a, a, a note right here of the role and the importance of headship to have the final say. Now, I know there's a lot of women that think it's their God-given right to have the last word. I love women. I'm married to my wife and it's going to be uh, 39 years this March 2nd. She signed me up for 50 more. So you know what? I don't have an ax to grind against ladies. Uh, God bless you. you. You ladies in the Bible, you're, you're not the ones that bailed out on Jesus. There's a lot of heroic women. Uh, God bless you. But I want to make a point because this is crucial for you. 
In our text, notice Rachel, she names her son, and I understand, and I get it. There are female issues. There are women issues that happen. I get this, believe me. And so she's giving birth, uh, and in the agony of childbirth, um, uh, she actually, in fact, is going to die. And so when the midwife says to her, you know what, it's okay, you're going to have the kid, uh, in her almost her parting breath, uh, she names him Benoni. And so you know what that means? That means son of sorrow. So here comes a man that in our text, uh, he had had an encounter. God, his authority changed his name. He knew something about being saddled with a bad name. His name was Jacob, which means deceiver or schemer, trickster, uh, uh, the one that trips you and then goes running off someplace. Uh, and God said, you're no longer going to be called by that name. Uh, you're going to be called Israel, which means prince of God. He has this very strong in his mind right at this point. Very shortly thereafter, uh, his little boy is born uh, and mama puts a jacket on him Benoni, son of sorrow, she dies. So how, come on, be honest. How would you like to be called to dinner? Hey, you boy who killed your mama, come to dinner. Don't, don't play a game here. You, be, you, be, you have that on you, and people are mocking. You know how kids are. You know what? Uh, kids aren't going to be, they're going to be merciless. If you, have that kind of a, if you have that kind of a name on you, uh, and so uh, immediately. So the point is, uh, is that Rachel feels, and she names this kid uh, out of her feelings, uh, and you know what? I understand it. But when daddy hears that name, he cancels it. That's not going to be his name. His name is going to be Benjamin, son of my right hand, son I can rely on, uh, somebody that I can have confidence. Now, be honest. Which would you rather have? That jacket that you killed your mama or that your dad has confidence uh, and looks to you as a blessing, not a curse? It made all the difference in the world. And let me just tell you something. Right at this point, lots of men, uh, they abdicate. Lots of men fail, truth be told. Uh, uh, they fail their families. They fail their wives. They fail their daughters uh, because of laziness, uh, because they check out, uh, because they don't review what's happening in their home or their finance or their kids' uh, internet uh, or whatever it might be. Uh, Daddy's not. He's absent. Uh, he's asleep at the wheel. Uh, and because of that, God said, okay, whatever you named it, there it is except for this if, if daddy who has the authority by God God given you change the name and I'll honor it say so where, where do you get that where do you get that uh, thought well it's out of the book of numbers chapter 33 about foolish vows if a wife or a daughter makes a foolish vow the dad hears it does nothing the vow will stand if the dad hears it says no 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 you're emotional Bible does say, ladies, uh, the, uh, the woman is the weaker vessel. Now, that doesn't mean that she can't sometimes put the whoop on the guy. I've seen women that can... <laughs> it just means that sometimes the moon is full and there's some cycle that... <laughs> Did you find an Easter egg? And so... What am I saying? It's like women are not inferior. Women are not... Uh, less intelligent. In fact, they're better at speech many times. And sometimes there would be a good thing for the man to let the wife uh, balance the checkbooks and might have uh, keep yourself out of problems. But don't abdicate. Don't abdicate. 
It, it might be good to, well, you know what? The mom's got some uh, authority and places of, of, of uh, influence in the home. Absolutely, absolutely. The, the hand that rocks the cradle, uh, you know, she, can, she rules the throne in a lot of ways. Amen. But the point of the matter is, uh, is that God said uh, that there is a uh, deferring to the man. And when Jacob named this child, he did not name this child out of his feelings, but out of his faith, uh, and thereby saved that boy from a curse uh, all of his life long. Amen. So I want to apply this. You know, David, we see this, uh, it plays out in David's life in a very remarkable way. He has a sincerity. And he wants to bring the ark into Jerusalem. And he wants the uh, presence of God at the center of the, ne- uh, of the national life. Would you, would you please uh, uh, pray, us, pray with us that God would help us in Washington, D.C.? Oh, yeah. Our capital is full of memorials that honor God. Uh, and uh, here's David. He wants to bring God. You know, it's not freedom from religion. It's freedom of religion, right? And so here's David. He wants the, the ark. But the problem is, uh, is he, was, uh, he did a slipshod uh, approach. He did not read God's instructions. He did not read uh, how you're to transport the, uh, the presence of God. This ark, uh, little chest with the cherubim on top, it represents the visible, tangible presence of Almighty God. God upon the earth. You don't just do as you darn well please. You do it God's way. Amen. You either get God, uh, his, his, um, uh, what pleases him, or he says, I'm bailing on you. And so what happens, they put it on a new cart. You could make a whole sermon about how the church is always putting up these crazy new carts to try to manipulate God and to try to streamline, to try to make it easy. Uh, but you know what? Uh, the cart stumbles. The oxen stumbles. Uh, and so there's a young fella. He's become over-familiar, like a lot of church people have, over-familiar. And so he's going to help God out. So he puts his hand on the ark. Bam! God smites him dead. Uh, and there he is. Uh, he's on the ground, a corpse. David looks at this, uh, and he doesn't dig this. He gets upset. Two things had happened. Uh, he got distressed, uh, and he got angry. Uh, and so one uh, uh, is, uh, you know what? There's tons of uh, people. They're good people. They uh, go to church, uh, but two things are going on in their universe. Uh, they're afraid of God, uh, or they're angry at God. I, you don't have to say amen. Trust me, I know. He says that the presence of God's a hot potato. Who can, who, can, who can control this? And so he sets the ark aside to the house of Obed-Edom. And the Bible says that God began to bless Obed-Edom's house. And so the testimony comes back to him uh, that, you know what? Uh, uh, Obed-Edom is being blessed. Uh, and so David begins to rethink this matter. Instead of trying to blame, did you notice how fast we are to blame God? Uh, not the one that uh, transgressed, uh, but we blame God. Well, it should, that shouldn't have happened, and this isn't right, and this is unfair. Uh, hold it, hold it. David goes back and reads the manual and finds out only the Levites are supposed to carry the presence of God by their heart on their shoulders uh, by their heart uh, that's the way God you're not going to make God into a formula or some pill uh, or some kind of little uh, uh, a little uh, routine that you have uh, he's always been a personal God and you're going to have him his way or none way no way 
And so then he repents. Uh, but you know what he did? As at that spot, he made this statement uh, in 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 8, David was displeased uh, because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. So here he did what Perez Uzzah means, God made a breach on Uzzah. So for three months, he's without the presence of God. He's without the blessing of God. As long as he persisted uh, in his mindset by, na- and he did it by naming it. I'm mad. I'm hurt. Can I tell you, uh, you know, a tremendous, tremendous uh, safety valve to have in your spiritual life. I don't care what it looks like, folks. Let God be true. And every man, every circumstance, every devil be a liar. You know what? When it all is put on the table, the cards are all out, everything is out in plain, I'm going to prophesy to you, God is righteous. And there are things that you and I don't know about. But how you name it, how you react to it, can freeze-dry you into that position as much as Lot's wife got frozen. You know what? Later on, Jacob himself, the boys took... Joseph's coat is his favorite son and they dipped it they made a trick uh, they, they beat up uh, Joseph they sold him into slavery they said you know the old man's going to be he's going to be ticked off by this and so he took his coat dipped it in some blood showed the old man says hey whose coat is this he looks at it emotions feelings that's Joseph's coat Surely a wild beast has torn Joseph and he is no more. And the Bible said, I will go down to my grave mourning. For the next 22 years, the man that had visions, angels, ladders from heaven, voices not because of pepperoni pizza at midnight, no more fellowship no more personal walk oh he went to church i'm sure oh he paid his tithes i'm sure but no more connection no more freshness no more blessing why because somebody lied to him and do you know what uh, sad to say in my 40 years of serving god you know what's been the biggest test not the devil out in the street not so you know what you say how brothers have sometimes well you see the cold and you're a wise man what do you make of this Hello, brother. I'm talking about making it to the finish line. I'm talking about older Christians. Don't believe that every when somebody tries to put, uh, well, God wasn't faithful or God didn't keep. Twenty-two years. When he when he finally snapped to it and said, you know what, God is real. God didn't. You know what, Joseph didn't die. Joseph was alive. People let you down. But Joseph was still alive. Can I tell you something? Jesus is still alive. I don't care what it looks like. Jesus is still alive. And the moment, the moment, the moment that he went back to Beersheba and he reconnected with God, how do you do that? Repenting and renewing his vows. It's so interesting. Beersheba means the, uh, the well of seven oaths. The moment that he made uh, his heart right and said, God, I'm back on board. I mean, I'm really back on board. You may be here this week. Uh, you're kind of coasting. You're coming to church. Outwardly, things are just this way that way uh, but you know what inside there's a disconnect between you and God why 
you're disappointed, you feel uh, that God didn't help you in a time, or you didn't do this. Listen, don't judge God until all the cards are on the table in eternity. In the meanwhile, faith it. In the meanwhile, confess, let God be true and every man be a liar. Uh, and you know what I find so fascinating? I linger on this because this is very fascinating. Uh, trust me, I've been a pastor for a long time. Uh, and that is that God did not come to remember whatever you name it. That's what it's going to be. You believe that I uh, failed? You believe that I let you down? Then that's what it's going to be in you uh, until you repent, uh, until you get right. God will not bless our error. Well, come on, God. Why did you have to wait 22 years? You know what's amazing? The moment he got right, God was there. The moment that he got right. 22 years of silence. I'd say that's a long time to be in a bummer. Bam. The minute that he got it right, God fixed him. Hallelujah. And so you know what? Um, how do we apply this? Uh, and how do we um, uh, approach this? Uh, you know what? You and I need to turn back harmful words that have been put on us uh, like a jacket you know when I was a young man believe, I, know, I know that um, you're going to find this very difficult to believe but the chief of police went to my father said oh you're Mark Olson's father well I'm going to tell you about your son by the time he's 18 he's going to be in jail and he's going to be a gang leader now this is in the metropolis of Wenham Massachusetts where if everyone was home on the weekend 3,000 people were there you know it's hard to hide <laughs> Do <laughs> you know it's hard to hide in a little town of 3,000 people? And so the, my father comes home, says, I talked to a chief uh, uh, Herodin today. I said, oh. <laughs> you know what he said? No. He said, he told me that you're going to be in jail by the time you're 18 and that your influence is very, very bad out here and, uh, and that uh, you're going to be a gang leader. Uh, and, uh, and, and part of me is kind of like, man, I can't wait to go to school tomorrow. <laughs> tell the boys you know the chief knows who I am but my father wasn't happy about that and truly the truth be told part of me part of me wasn't happy about that either because part of me started to think really really that's what he thinks about me you know I've had women that are in their 40s weep like babies my father he always told me that I was gonna that I was dumb or I was ugly or I was unclean or my mother da, 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 da. so don't tell me those words that people put on you man and they can be on you and they can be like a spirit that's working in behind the scenes uh, and uh, and you're about to face some pressure in life and pop goes pop goes the weasel and there's a spirit and there's a voice and there's a pressure that begins to move you know Jabez had that his name means sorrowful. His mom named him sorrowful. Uh, and I don't know, was it because dad died? Was it because he was uh, uh, illegitimate? Uh, was it because daddy wasn't in the scene? Why did mommy call uh, her son Jabez? Uh, but you know what's interesting is the Bible says Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And he went before the God of heaven. Remember I said that the husband or the father has the ability to annul the curse. And he went before his father, who has ultimate authority, and he said, you know what? Uh, I pray that you would bless me indeed, that I, would not be, that I would not be a source of evil or source of pain. 
and that you would enlarge my coast, that you would keep evil far from me, that it would not harm me or not hurt me. Why did he pray that? I'll tell you why. Because it was happening in his life. And the Bible says because he prayed, God honored his request, granted him his request, and broke the curse. Listen. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the husband of the church. This law of God, um, that the man has the ability to disannul, uh, Jesus said, you follow me, and I'll give you a new name. I'll give you a new name. And I want to tell you, that's available for you, just like, um, just like uh, Joseph. Uh, he was uh, in that situation. They meant it for evil. God says, I'll turn it for good. Uh, what, did, what did Joseph do that got burned? You talk about, well, you don't know what happened to me. Well, dude, did you get your brothers beat, beat the dog out of you and then sell you as a dirty slave off into Egypt? I would say there's a little dysfunction in that family. Huh? You know, his memory, you know, he got burned, then Potiphar's uh, floozy wife, uh, and then these guys forgot him in the prison. I'd say he's got some good, uh, you know, some good axes to grind about bitterness if he wanted to. And, you know, we got the end of the story. He's in the middle of it. He doesn't know how the final innings are going to play out. But he does. Kept his heart right. Trusted God. Lived for God. Uh, God did bring him out. And what did he do? It's so amazing because the first two sons, names are important. Uh, names will reveal your heart. Uh, and the Bible says he called his firstborn uh, Manasseh, which means to forget, because God caused me to forget the trouble in my father's house. And the second boy, listen, listen what God joins together. Listen, he called the second boy Ephraim, which means twice fruitful. Are you, are you drawing a ball and chain around? Are you still being cursed by your parents or by your teachers or by an ex or this or that? Are you still being defined? Are you being defined? Remember, God waits to see how, what you're going to call. Let's bow our heads in the presence of God. Today is the day for you to be set free. 